rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Surprise, everyone. Hi, it's Tara Devlin. It, it is Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. We're doing a special Tara Buster because I'm not going to be here Saturday. So if you're, but if you're listening on Progressive Voices on Sunday, I mean, it's just a regular old show for you, but we're just, it's being pre-recorded on Tuesday, November 27th. So usually we meet here every Saturday evening at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels and at, uh, at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern, and then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app and at GDPR Revolution 99 and iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, all the great, the greats, all the greatest hits. So my name is Tara Devlin. I'm the founder of rdtdaily.com, formerly, formerly known as Republican Dirty Tricks. I started that site in 2009. Uh, now we have about 150,000 followers on the Facebook page. That doesn't mean we have 150,000 viewers on the Tara Buster every week, but we're getting there. Usually we have um, we have a very nice uh, tight-knit crew of people that join us every week, but I sometimes like to do these special, uh, special episodes that are on uh, different times so we can reach a different audience, and, and uh, maybe people don't know about the show yet or because not everybody can tune in uh, on Saturday evening or even know that we do a weekly show. So if you're around on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8, come and join us because we're all hanging out either uh, at the Facebook page or the YouTube channel. There are There's a couple of groups that congregate in each of these uh, platforms, and altogether we have a pretty good time, I think. And it really is about building a community as well to um, – because what 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 I say all the time is that we stick together, we win. I believe that. I know that. That is the that's the human condition right there. That is that could probably sum up the entire history of Earth. We stick together, we win. When we move forward, we when we have something to celebrate as a human species. We, it has been together. We progress f forward together or we, we hold each other back through uh, our ignorance. I, I'm just thinking right now of what was going on on the border and that whole, of, well, before I get into it, I just wanted to say, guys, we have a, pa a Patreon page. I know it's annoying, this whole beginning, and my microphone is tipping over. So, but please um, donate to our Patreon page. The more people donate, the more patrons we get. Eventually, my goal is to do a daily show like every other, uh, I don't know, I was going to say the greats. I would like to be one of the great talk show hosts, the one of the, uh, you know, like a Tom Hartman, like a... Bob Kincaid, like a Mike Malloy, I would like to be in that company. 
So, uh, and I will be in their literal company this weekend. This is why I'm recording the show early because I'm going to Georgia on Saturday to to hang out with Mike and Kathy and Molly and Bob Kincaid and all the truth seekers who are getting together to celebrate Mike's book is finally coming out and I'm really stoked to to go. I wasn't going to go because I was having a hard time personally and then uh, financially, let's put it that way, I um, not only do the website, see here's the thing, here's the secret, this is why I ask you to be a patron, We, I work my ass off I don't. I don't sustain myself on these uh, on the on the website or the uh, Facebook page. You would think, right? But no, we uh, or the site or the uh, or the show. What people sometimes think that, but no, I have, and I am a comedian, and we also know that being an artist isn't always uh, the most lucrative profession, and we work. We really have to hustle, so. I do a lot of uh, freelance work, and uh, so to keep the site going and to pay the people who work on the site, to pay people who help with the show, and so it is an investment. And I feel like uh, you know I have a passion for it, but I would, um, you know, I'm here. I would. I'm helping people can meet meet us all halfway because the more that you donate to the Patreon page or become a patron, that we will be able to get more writers and we uh, will be able to be in the game because we don't have a Mercer family. We don't have a uh, uh, Koch brothers. There is that whole canard about George Soros is, is a, the canard that it is. If only. I wish George Sor Soros would write me a check. As as do all other progressive hosts that I know, so um, the, you do get some gifts if you donate. Uh, we give you a keep calm and join the resistance window cling for anyone who donates above twenty dollars, and other things on the patron if you become a patron. So let's do this together. All right, guys. So um, when I was thinking about what to talk about. Uh, I, the unconscionable display of of inhumanity. What went on the border at the border this weekend is everything that you need to know. Why you don't put Republicans in positions of authority? You don't put people who don't have the emotional maturity. So, you see, it takes a level of maturity to function in a free democratic society, especially one that is a nation of immigrants. Now, and I don't, if you're not, if you weren't here when the pilgrims came, you're, you're an immigrant. So, um, the, the, for, for Republicans to be so fearful of who we are while waving their Made in China American flags, and they're wearing their made in China American flag lapel pins, cheering their dim leader, Trump, who promises to save them from the scary, complex world of others who don't know their place. Then, uh, you know, if you think that you, if you can't handle the fact that we are we are a nation of immigrants then 
you know what? You need you need to go and take advantage of Obamacare and get help for your manias before the Republicans repeal it, because that's what they're trying to do. That you know, be, eventually um, your psychosis will be a pre-existing condition again, and you won't be able to do anything about it except inflict it on us. I'm, I'm encouraging you to get the help you need because life is short. It is, we are here, we share this planet for a very brief moment in time. So, and that's why those people fleeing the failed states that we helped create are, are here. That's why they're trying to get a little bit of that peace and security they heard so much about. So, um, it's not like it's, uh, if we give freedom, it's going to run out or something. In fact, the more that we extend the franchise of freedom and the franchise of democracy to, the more secure we will all be in freedom. But that's what they don't understand. See, we're not really free here. We're, we're in an oligarchy. America, America's democracy is aspirational. And we, the first step in fixing this is admitting we have a problem. And so let's not kid ourselves. Our democracy is on life support in a lot of senses. And that's by design. Republicans don't want us to vote. They don't like, for all, okay, for all, for, for, for the people who don't regularly watch or listen to the show, um, here's the theme. Republicans hate democracy, all right? They hate America. I know that they sing teary-eyed renditions of America the Beautiful. I, I know that they, they proclaim themselves patriots. And Donald Trump, their, their con man standard bearer, literally hugged an American flag uh, in front of his idiot dupes. Uh, I know that. They, do, they like to put on a lot of, uh, they put on a good show, just like they put on a show pretending to represent the people they pretend to represent when they're not representing the people at all. They're representing their corporate interests. They're representing people, those who, who they're paymasters. They're representing Sheldon Adelson, one, one douchebag in a wheelchair who, who's, who's 85 years old. This is what I don't understand. What, you're going to meet your maker, old man. How much do you need? How, much, how many people have to cut their pills in half? For, for you to be satisfied. How many old people don't have the luxury of a dignified retirement? For, so you can what? Um, feel powerful? You're not going to take it with you. There is nothing you can do to buy another day on the planet. So I don't understand why these, these uh, rich bastards who they, they have their money. What, what has Sheldon Adelson done for this world? He's he's created a casino, uh, so he's tickled people's addiction, and he's he's figured out a way to separate uh, poor bastards who um, you know are looking for some release in life uh, from thanks to probably the Republicans some kind of uh, horrific <laughs> state of affairs that we've been left in the stress of living under the United States of serfs and lords. So I always wonder about people like Sheldon Adelson. And 
so when I say that Republicans, they don't, they don't represent the people. They represent Sheldon Angels. I just look at the actions of, for example, um, what's his name? Chris Christie. When Chris Christie was governor, he made a, a cottage industry. If you go on YouTube, he had a guy following him around with a camera constantly because he liked to make these viral videos of himself yelling at school teachers, yelling at at union uh, people who are in unions, a school te- an old lady or something who happened to challenge him on the boardwalk. And so that's that was his tough guy act because he had a lot of he was real tough when it came to old ladies and old union teachers. Uh, he um, had a lot he 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 was really tough with them. But when he misspoke one day, uh, he said something about Israel. I don't remember what it was, but he used the wrong turn of phrase, something that offended Sheldon Adelson. Chris Christie got on a plane that night and flew his oh-so-contrite ass to Las Vegas to apologize to Sheldon Adelson in the flesh, in person. Oh, please, Mr. Adelson, accept my, your humble servant's apology for misspeaking about Israel or whatever I said. I, I said something wrong. Now, if, he had, if, if it was a union teacher... Someone who was a retired, who had spent the, 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 her entire life teaching children how to live in a free democratic society rather than some, somebody, you know, teaching them about our history, supposedly, right? Uh, civics, you would hope. But you, who spent the majority of their life in service to their fellow human being, not just themselves, like Chris Christie. Because Chris Christie, somebody like him, they don't get into government to, um, you know, to help. They don't, they, they're not in it for altruism. They're in it to figure out some kind of scam, how to service themselves and make themselves, them and their pals, richer. As Everything you need to know is not just his flight, his midnight flight to Sheldon Adelson, but also Chris Christie's uh, that beach photo when him on the when the beaches in New Jersey were all closed and him and his family were caught frolicking on the beach, you know, because it's like it's their world. We just live in it. That's the way Republicans look at it. Some people are born to be slaves, and that is exactly what. Rush Limbaugh said sometimes they 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 let the the truth slip out and that was a famous quote from Rush Limbaugh some people are just born to be slaves that's what he said that's what he said he literally said that some people are born to be slaves now and these these uh, are they they really have a sick view of humanity right they really do and they they think that this is the way it is i mean it's just some people are born to be slaves some people are just better than others. They're meant to be rich. So you telling me that somebody like a Donald Trump Jr. was born to be wealthy? That that guy deserves to. He's so much better than us. He deserves all everything he he's he's handed because he's he's what he's given so much. He get he has so much to offer this world. He's got nothing. He's in fact he even 
takes in his spare time. Now, they are takers to the very definition of the word. In his spare time, this is a guy that goes out and murders beautiful creatures. So that's what they do for fun, he, uh, which is a whole other story. I cannot, I just can't uh, really understand why somebody would want to kill something for fun. And that goes to show you who they are. This is who they are. They, and, of course, they're Republicans. They're the, in the right party, that's for sure. The, the taker, I guess some people were born to be slaves, like Rush Limbaugh said, and some creatures were just born to be shot by losers for no good reason, for no, for no reason at all, for just the purient pleasure of murdering something. That's something that is, uh, some, that's a hobby? Like, get a real hobby. You know, some people like to go, you know, when I want, wanted to, when I was lonely or whatever, I wanted to contribute, I felt like giving back, uh, or had something, you know, well, let me keep occupying my time. I went and I volunteered at New York Cares. I didn't go and, uh, you know, murder something for fun. Only very ill people do that. In fact, we call them monsters. We don't even, we strip them of the human moniker. We, 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 we call them animals, but animals don't do that. We have more, I have more respect for animals than, a, well, Donald Trump. Oh my God. So, but when you see what's going on on the border, where, where, um, literally gassing, uh, tear gassing, barefoot uh, children. What? What? I I saw that. Not only was I sick last week, I was literally sick from Donald Trump's ass kissing, his public ass kissing of the Saudis, his complicity in murder. Not only is he a con man, a trust funded serial bankrupt, uh, sexual predator who receive fewer votes, he is a, he's now complicit in murder. He's a, 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 an accessory after the fact in the murder of a, of a journalist. And it's so frightening considering the fact that Donald Trump is literally murdering democracy in this country. He's, he's murdering the idea of America. He's, mur he's already murdered the respect that whatever respect we earn back when we elected Barack Obama uh, after George Bush, after electing, after not even electing. I mean, isn't it ironic how these Republicans, they, get, they, they are in power despite receiving fewer votes? How many times? I mean, when you think about it, we, we have this whole myth about we're this uh, center-right country when the fact is, we don't, we never elected, we didn't elect George Bush, we didn't elect Donald Trump, and when you ask Americans what they think about so-called lefty issues like universal health care, universal higher education, things like that, people are for it because that's just, you know, it's normal. Yeah, I consider this is the battle between you, um, normal people and Republicans. So... And we will win eventually. That's why I always say we stick together, we win. But it's also the fact that we are on the right side of humanity. They're, they're not on the right side of humanity. That's why they have to continuously lie and, and divide and stir up fear, anger, resentment, hatred. 
that's they have to they they can't win legitimately on the field of ideas they can't because the, they're they they know that they're out f um, to do no good really they're well good for themselves whatever that is you know they want power they want the basically they want the power to rig the game in their favor because they suck okay they suck <laughs> They they suck at business. I mean, well, who, what does it take to make a casino? All right, if I had a lot of money or whatever, yeah, I could make a casino too. Right? Uh, I don't know how Sheldon Adelson made his money. Um, so what? He made a casino. Whoopie doo! Because uh, gambling is legal. Great. You know, um, it's like what's the difference between that and like opening a crack spot? Right. It's just that one is legal and one is not. They're, you're both selling addiction. Their people's lives are destroyed through gambling addictions. Families are destroyed, but it doesn't matter. Whatever, Shelby's making a buck. I mean, and what about these other uh, people in these in Trump's cabinet? Who like uh, the DeVos family? What the what the hell did they do? Um, they came up with. Amway, some kind of pyramid scheme, scam, uh, multi-level level marketing, something. I mean, it's what have they done for this world? Not much, nothing really. I mean, I, honestly, there is no more useless human on the planet right now than Donald Trump. He really is the most useless because it, what is useless? You have to. You know, he's not bringing anything to the table. In fact, he's taking. These are the ultimate takers. So it's really time for us to have this, a paradigm shift, finally. And enough with the, uh, oh, those on public assistance and somehow, they're the takers. No, 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 no. Every day is opposite day for Republicans. So when, the, when Republicans are saying that those on public assistance are takers, this is a, a uh, we're the makers, they're the takers, you better believe that it's the opposite. That it is the other way around because the they're the takers. They we are the makers. Even somebody on public assistance adds more to this economy than Donald Trump. What the hell does Trump do? He looks for angles. He takes. He kicks people out on the street if he has to. Uh, and I'm talking about even before he became the so-called president. The they Trump and his entire family their their uh, business model was fraud so they just figured out a way to game the system now they're inside the system and they're infesting it our body politic like uh, like parasites and making us sick and hopefully by the time they're done uh, our eyes will be open well enough to fix what 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 they've broken but yeah, the the fact that um, they're even in there is indicative of, of that it was broken. Yes, it was broken to begin with, and they uh, f they just exploited these the the broken system. So um, hopefully, and I guess I'm being optimistic in those moments of in those rare moments that I have of of optimism. I think well, at least. The one good thing that could come out of this horrific time is that we will be able to identify all of our 
problems. It's it's no longer we can no longer be in denial because for years I people like me and others we were kind of like the Cassandra's warning, like the canary in the coal mine warning of what was going on that we are an oligarchy, our democracy democracy is under attack and this is fascism. We're we're headed towards fascism. Now it's here. It's not now. It's not just me. It's not just the the uh, the uh, those on the internet or the left wing wingers or whatever the uh, independent media. It's not that. Not uh, it's the mainstream media. I hear talking about Donald Trump's authoritarianism, and but he he's not the cause of it. He is a symptom of something that was coming along, or thankfully, well, not thankfully, but coming along due to a lot of policies on both the left and the right, including um, democratic policy. So we, I'm really glad on some level that this, it's sort of the, he's pulled the covers off, and at least now we we know who our friends are. If you're as far as the, the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, yes, will not allow you to starve in the streets. But it is by no means perfect, of course. But obviously, I believe that if it is our best chance to restore democracy in this country by taking over the Democratic Party with the, the true Democrats, bringing it back to the FDR-style Democrats who believe in uh, the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite, who leave no one behind. That is, that's really the motto of the, of us, the, of America. We need to reclaim the mantle of patriotism. We don't leave anybody behind. No, not at all. Not in ignorance. Not in stupidity. Well, same thing. Maybe it's a little different when you go to a Trump rally. There's ignorance. Is is which one can be cured? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's stupidity. No, stupidity is is not is incurable. I think that's sort of like ingrained. Ignorance is you're just not informed, right? I guess uh, the Trump supporters are a bit of both. So, hey guys, what's up? All right, I'm looking at the chat. Yes, I'm live tonight. I decided I wasn't going to do it because I'm exhausted, and that's why I look like this. <laughs> not that I'm look. I look great. I'm not. I'm no supermodel. I realize, but um, yeah, I uh, I wanted to pr- do a pre-recording for Progressive Voices on NGDPR Revolution for uh, for the weekend. But also, this is a good opportunity to. Do a show at a different time, and you never know who you could, uh, who you encounter in the new time, who's available, who's online, and who, who becomes a fan of the show, who joins us then on Saturday evenings from six to eight or whatever. You can listen to the podcast anytime, obviously, but it's, um, this is kind of, I enjoy doing one off shows here and there, so, um, we get to meet new people. And I want to thank everybody for being a part of the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. It means a lot. And it actually, if you guys haven't been a part of, uh, if you're on YouTube and you 
and you're not aware of the Facebook page, go over and join us on Facebook. That that page, it's it consistently blows me away because it is really active and vibrant with a truly kick-ass, engaged community of of liberals and uh, awesome awesome people. So. You go on there. You're you're not you're not going to be bored. Let's let's put it that way. And there's also other things you can you can buy merch. Go buy some merch. Buy some um, shirts and stuff. Christmas is coming. All right, rule. Anyway, so I what I, what I was saying was that the um, it was sickening. How how does everybody feel about uh, the fact that we gas? We now now tear gas children in diapers with bare feet. It's so disgusting. This is who Donald Trump is. It's not just Trump, though, right? Oh, they're just following orders? Honestly, I was in the National Guard. I, I don't know. I, if I was given an order, I mean, I'm not in that position right now, but I can never imagine getting an order to shoot tear gas at women and children and doing it on it. I really can't. So I don't know what the situation was. I wasn't in their shoes, obviously, but that's the problem. Who we just follow orders. Um, that's part of, uh, that was not in the Nuremberg trials. That was considered a non-defense. So we, we went from, that to we went from prosecuting war criminals to committing such heinous acts against the most vulnerable people and the reason we have um the the rules about refugees and migrants is because of world war ii because of what happened when there what was the name of actually somebody on the chat will know of the ship that went around with with Jewish refu refugees that were turned away at every port, and they were, went back to Germany and and were killed. So that that we have a history, um, and we have these laws for a reason. So we're under law, under international law, that we used to champion that never again will we allow the. Uh, other human beings to be sent to slaughter. So you have to allow migrants and refugees to come in and you have to hear their case. Whether they stay is another story, but they we signed on to international law to allow them to have their day in court. They they're not they didn't come up here to wipe your your toilet. Who cares to clean your filthy uh whatever your your filthy apartment? You're, I mean, that's why they wanted to come up here? This is what these Republicans think? That's how small-minded they are? How fearful they are? Oh, they, oh well, this is what, uh, what Donald Trump... What the, the lingo they're using to describe these migrants are... They're mostly men, mostly males of military age. This is what they're saying. Now, listen to the manipulation that these fascists have honed. Through years of practice, they they have nothing but branding. That's all they can do is twist. And that's how you know they hate this country. Because when they're saying things like these uh, migrants, they're not even calling them migrants, these illegals are... Uh, 
all males of military age. What they're trying to do is stoke fear and division, fear, hatred, and division. And when that's your goal and you're using language as your weapon, you're, you're, you hate the people you're manipulating. You want them to be afraid. What kind of leader, what kind of representative wants the people they pretend to, well, I mean, pretend to represent, the people, let's say a legitimate representative. Do you, do you think a legitimate representative who has your best interest at heart wants you to live your life in fear and ignorance? No. They want you to uh, have a decent middle-class life, successful, you know, free of stress to, to a degree where you could be, uh, have your pursuit of happiness, right? No, no, but Republicans, not them. They want you to be afraid. I don't, and who's afraid? Like he goes to Virginia, he goes to, um, and all these Nuremberg rallies, Trump, and they're they're the ones they're not even in border states and they're the ones who are so afraid they're all build the wall build the wall what do you, you to to a baby in diapers with a woman who just walked how many miles through desert to get that freedom that you take for granted that you readily hand over to an autocrat to a serial bankrupt trust fund sexual predator so I would rather live next to a, a a woman and her children who put everything on the line to have a to have that American dream, to have that freedom that these Republicans think is so such you know they're so afraid that it's going to run out that they don't want they don't they can't extend the franchise to anyone who's brown, right? So wouldn't you rather live next to or, or welcome somebody in your, into your country? Could you imagine the gratitude of that person? Come into your, you are safe. You're finally home. Yeah, we, we, you know, we welcome you. We give you an opportunity. What do you think that person will, will think about this country for generations to come and contribute to the country? Now, if a country without immigrants is a, is a dying country. So... These Republicans, they, on all levels, they diminish who we are, uh, psychologically, spiritually, physically, and, and on all levels, they have made us a very, very small country. Who's that? Wait a minute. Hold on, guys. What? Francis! Francis is stuck behind the behind the bookcase okay there he is say safe and sound good boy all right back to work <laughs> i guess he's a little um rambunctious tonight hopefully he'll just go lie down and if you guys you know that he's the mascot of rdt daily so all the graphics with the angry cat that's francis Francis Jr. Jr., to be exact. He's a long line of Francis's. Um, I come from a family of animal lovers. We, and I, I, I feel fortunate for that. My father, my, my entire family were always big animal, lo you know, I don't know, I would say animal lovers. Sounds kind of sick. 
<laughs> we like animals. I don't feel like a house is a home without an animal. So that's just the way I grew up. So we've had we had dogs. My sister has dogs and cats and all kinds of animals. My, all my cousins, my aunts. So um, they're just a good, they're part of my family anyway. And they're also part of the site, RDT Daily. That's Francis Jr. Jr. And he's got a good story. I'll tell if you guys stick around, I'll tell you the story again. And he and actually the story of Francis because he he died almost died when he was young. I, I will give you the short version of the story. And the fact is he was he he was saved by a group of um, of doctors who he had a, he had to have an operation and he was like 15 weeks and. The and what keeps me optimistic about human human beings when I feel that we are we're doomed, I think about the fact that there 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 were people there was a, so when when Francis was had to have this operation I'll get into it another time the whole story but he the it was the the head of the animal medical center in New York City had to do this operation because he was such a little kitten but. So they they called him to do it, and then the students came to watch the operation because it was a teaching moment. And I thought about the fact that all these experts, all this, all the education, all the, all the um, wisdom, the training that went into saving the life of a kitten. You know what I mean? So that is the potential of human beings that is the the compassion that we can have i think of that sometimes when i get down on people because that's pretty amazing now what would it matter if a kitten died nothing the sun would come up the sun would go down no nothing nobody would blink right but human beings have that level of compassion inside that we we are capable of so much um, great, so much great beauty, and also so much uh, appalling ignorance. But we are the good thing is that we are capable of that, um, and I think that when we are together, when we stick together, and we bring out the better in each other, and I think that's the whole purpose of community, is sometimes we're up sometimes we're down but we're not all up and down at the same time but i think as a community we should bring out the better in each other and that's hopefully the purpose of civilization the purpose of a country right we want to open avenues of opportunity so we bring out the best in each other and and ultimately we all are better for it I mean, who wants to live in a shitty country that is uh, suspicious, fearful, and, and looking around the corner and wondering who's trying to get in? Like, what are they coming here for? And that's that's the other thing. Uh, why? What the hell are you think they're coming here for? It's not a great social safety net. It's not our uh, amazing healthcare system. It's not. I mean, we have none of those things. They heard about freedom. They heard about opportunity. And, but the fact is, they, they have to flee their, their, their countries because we helped create the failed states that they're fleeing. These drug states. And uh, the, the, we, we had a hand in that. 
So we have an oppor- an obligation to help these people. But, you know, re- Republicans, most of the Republicans do not understand the uh, uh, our real history in America. Um, th- it's not taught in schools and... You know, um, we're not out there exporting mom and apple pie. We are out there making the world safe for corporate interests. And that usually means that democratically elected governments that don't, uh, let's say, that try to nationalize their oil, they get toppled. And, you know, that's pretty, that's uh, pretty effed up. All right. uh, Let me see. So I wanted to talk about that, but and which brings me to another topic, which which made me sick. Speaking of healthcare, right? I, and I I talk about healthcare a lot because it's really one of my issues that I I feel close to, not and not for any particular reason, just because it seems so obvious to me that. Of course, we should have universal health care. It's not like, oh, I'm sick. I'm not like a Republican where they can only care about something if it affects them directly. Uh, They can only care about gay rights, let's say, if they have a gay child, or they only can uh, want Obamacare, support it when they uh, lose their eyesight because of some treatable illness. Uh, that Obamacare saved them from. Yeah, it's their, they don't seem to be able to put themselves in the shoes of others. So it's not like I'm saying I, 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 am re- I hope that before I die, I see this country with universal health care because, because I have a chronic illness. I don't. I just think and know that wouldn't life be a lot better if we didn't have to worry about... Um, if we get sick, that we might have, what, what the copay is going to be? I mean, yeah, I guess I have that interest uh, because I have that experience of wondering about the copays and shit. But um, no, I don't have a chronic illness, knock on wood. I mean, who knows? But that's because that's the nature of health. One day at a time. The nature of health is one day you're healthy and next day you're not. This is why I don't understand when Republicans are like, well, if you don't need it, then you don't buy it. You just buy the kind of plan you need. Well, who the F knows what you need? You know, nobody says, oh, well, I think I'm going to get cancer this year, so I'll buy a uh, very extensive policy. Uh, But next year, I don't think I'll have any chronic illnesses or catastrophic events. Like, that's the whole nature of insurance, you idiots. Um... Nobody plans on getting sick. We all think, all right, fingers crossed, we're we're just going to go through life and uh, maybe one day die in our sleep uh, a long, long time from now. But um, that's usually not the case. I mean, as I was saying, as as many animals as I've had in my life and my family has had, uh, let me tell you just the experience of the animals that we've had of all of the animals in my life that I've known and have had been aware of in my family, only one dog lived to be 18 years old and one day dropped dead. So <laughs> the uh, it was it was the greatest dog. It was my aunt's dog, Reckless, and 
it was just a great dog. She just never had a sickness and never gave them any trouble. And one day she just died. You know, and I guess that was she did them a favor there too because there was no long drawing out illness. She was very old as it was, so she had a very long happy life. And but that's a very rare case, as you know. We, for people, we don't. But all the other animals we've had, I've had. They, as you age, you have some illnesses that come along. You take and I, you know, I take care of my animals. But that's the same way with people. What, who's going to, we're all going to just live, no problems, and one day, I, I hope, I hope we're so fortunate, all of us. I mean, maybe if you donate as a patron, you might be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you become a patron of Tarabuster, perhaps you will get the f- good fortune of being a, of, of such, but I don't know. I'm only kidding. Um... So the the fact is, well, that's why um, you need health insurance, but not I not this ghoulish industry, this freakish, um, this par- talk about parasites. Maybe I should have named the show uh, the parasites uh, around us or something because that there is no more um, of a of a parasitic corporation or industry than the health insurance racket in my opinion what what do they do what do they do besides standing in your doctor's office with you and denying care figuring out ways to deny care so they can make a profit off your miseries uh it's it's sick because and it's not a true market so the republicans are like well, let's just make it a free market. It's that is not a free market. You have a gun to your head metaphorically when you're talking about your health. So it's not a, a free market in the sense because you're not a it's not like you have a choice in a lot of ways. And I, I did get sick a couple of years ago where I was sick and I had to go into the hospital, but the I uh you know, it's not like I went to the clinic and they were like, "Oh, you're sick. You got to go to the hospital." And but it's not like I was like Oh, um, let me shop around here. You're, you, you can't. And then I was like unconscious. I was in the hospital. I had an, an operation. It's not like, uh, who the hell knows who comes and goes? Oh, let me get your, uh, doctor. Can you, um, can, can we discuss prices? Uh, and perhaps your, I can call your competitor and he'll give me a better deal. It's like, what are they talking about? When you're sick, you're you just want to get better. You're not um, in the mood to deal with these freakish insurance companies. So, uh, which brings me to the I'm sure you've heard the story about the woman who um, wanted who needed a heart transplant. She needs one. She needs a heart transplant, and um, I, and it's so embarrassing too because i was reading this on the daily mail which is an english newspaper but what do you think the uh the people of the of the globe think about the american health insurance racket they're not they're not i mean for all of the republican who uh the republicans who like to disparage the uh the um let's the well the you what is it the uh what do you call the british healthcare? The UHS, United Health, the, the, yes, that's what it is. 
the health service. Um, anyway, because they're always uh, they're always talking about how in England everything is rash. It's which is which is bullshit. If if the things of uh, are are if things are wrong are going wrong in the healthcare in England, it is because the in a lot of ways the um, the right wingers are trying to make their health and sh- health system more like the American system. So they're, they're screwing it up. And in fact, as we know, we, the, uh, the English celebrate their health service and none of them, but never ever, not even the most conservative politicians in England ever dare say, we're going to privatize this shit. We're going to do away with the with the the health service, uh, I mean, forget it. They are that is uh, off the table. Even the most conservatives uh, of all the English politicians. So, in Michigan, okay, let's just read the story. Uh, Michigan woman. This is from that socialist rag Market Watch. But this this story is all over the place. The the story of a Michigan woman forced to crowdfund her heart transplant medication is sparking outrage, but her plight is far more common than people realize. GoFundMe donors have already pledged more than $28,000 for Hedda Martin as as of late Monday, uh, days after Spectrum Health Heart... um, Wait, sorry. Days after a Spectrum Health Heart Transplant Committee rejected the 60-year-old woman's heart transplant application because she needed a more secure financial plan to pay for her post-transplant anti-rejection drugs. So this woman was told to go uh, and fundraise $10,000 and then they would consider her... uh, her situation. So th- their whole excuse was that they didn't know if she could, if this was going to be a wasted heart. Think about that. A wasted heart? What about the wasted hearts of the American psyche? What, those hearts, metaphoric hearts. Wh- that's what we think about? That they're going to waste a heart because, not because she's not a good candidate, but because she doesn't have the money to to fund her aftercare. So they're going to put a heart in her and then what the hell? It's ain't going it's going to waste because she can't afford her meds. Oh, well, guess you got to die. Better luck next life. Well, oh, we don't, maybe, maybe we won't have, maybe this is all it is. Well, maybe Jesus, well, I guess when Jesus sees you, you'll get a mansion, a mansion and a yacht. So, uh, I was watching online, I was reading the story online and the, uh, let me just see, I'm trying to find this woman's, the the rejection letter that she got, because this, she got a letter that, that was posted on, uh, online, but... Let's see. Dear Miss Martin, your medical situation was presented to our multidisciplinary heart transplant committee on Tuesday, October 20th, 2018. The decision made by the committee is that you are not a candidate at this time for a heart transplant due to needing a more secure financial plan for immunosuppressive medication coverage. The committee is recommending a fundraising effort of $10,000 
If you have any concerns or questions, please call the transplant office at blah, blah, blah. Well, 616-391-2802. Maybe call them. I don't know. No, maybe not. Don't. Don't. Because, I mean, I don't know. Do what you got to do. We thank you for the opportunity to participate in your care. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact me. Please see the attached, whatever, letter for details about information on resources and services. Sincerely, Katie Vanderstacker, RN, a nurse. So, you know, um, what I, I wondered, actually, when I was reading that, wh- what this woman thought as this RN, as she was writing this letter to this woman, was, did she think that this is that was okay how did she feel about that was did she feel any sense of guilt or was it just a one another day at the office sort of like or the same way the the soldiers at the border i wonder what they felt when they were lobbing canisters of tear gas at barefoot children um i don't know have where what the hell has happened in this country i guess it's not just this country though you see this is why we as a society have to bring out the best in each other we have to understand you know that when somebody like this woman is denied a heart transplant we're all in danger every single one of us this says more about us we don't have the money for some woman's aftercare? How disgusting is that? This is the richest country on earth. And we don't have enough money for this, for this woman to live? And, um, I, I mean, it's, all, it's beyond words. Now, we have enough money to funnel to the top, to people who will never, ever spend it in 10,000 lifetimes so they can buy back their stock, and well, we'll get to that story after they uh, uh, and inflate their stock prices to the detriment of their workers. So that's what we have money for in this country. For we have enough money to funnel into the hands of a few, a few people like let's say Donald Trump Jr. Like I bring him up a lot because he's pretty pretty much one of the most useless human beings ever to infest this planet so what so uh rest assured that if something ever happened to donald trump jr he'd be getting a heart i mean he doesn't have one to begin with i mean cheney has a heart dick cheney right dick cheney has a isn't he does he have a fake heart now or is he is he walking around with someone else's heart but that guy you know when you hear something about so this one died, that one died. You never, it's never Dick Cheney, right? Because it's always, he's got somebody else's heart. Somehow they keep on going. There's enough for them. There's enough for these greedy, blood-soaked bastards who have inflicted so much pain on this planet. And for years, what have they done with their positions of authority? When you get into power, what, you know, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that you would want to use your influence to better the lives of your fellow human beings? No, not them. 
They just want to take and take. Funnel more, more. Give me more. Give me more that I will never spend. While somebody like this woman can't get a heart transplant because you can't afford the aftercare. And um, the, meanwhile, while they're in positions of power, these Republicans work day and night, nonstop, to ensure that we will never have a universal health care system that will rectify this a problem, that we're, where we don't have to worry. Who, sh- who should have to worry about this bullshit? This woman, is, she's, in the, she's in heart failure. So not only are you, is this, it's, when you're suffering from heart failure, which is exhausting, and uh, so you have to stress out and worry about money. You got to worry about a GoFundMe page. What kind of shit is this? So this this is what what's wrong with us? How much longer are we going to take it? Now this is what I say a lot. I I I I've often asked this: How much longer are we going to stand for it? Are we going to stand for the lies? And the, I was going to say a word, I can't say, obfuscation. I can't even say that word. I can barely say words I can say. But I'm seeing, I'm looking at the time. So it's it's 9.28. And uh, I'm going to take a break. But because I wanted to play a video, and I will play it after the break. But it's too, it's too long to start it right now. But I will play it after the break. And because it's, it's, it's on this topic. <laughs> Thank you. You say all the best words. I can barely talk. I don't know. Uh, this is why I do this, for, right? If you can't talk, just do what you can. What you can. You talk when you can. I always say we do the show anyway, in spite of the fact that we have cats falling behind bookcases and um, we're exhausted <laughs> and microphones falling over, and uh, we do it anyway. And we can't say words half the time. We do it anyway. We do a show anyway. We show up anyway. We keep going anyway. We fight anyway. And we step up and stand up to ignorance anyway. As fearful and daunting as it may be sometimes, we have to do it anyway. Because that's how we're going to win. We will win. We're on the right side of history. We know that. That's why they have to continuously lie and, and, uh, and keep people fearful they uh, so this um, whole thing that what they're they understand that universal health care is going to happen. They're working they're working very hard to prolong it. They need to they need to uh, grab as much as they can while they can and keep it as long as possible. They want to keep their unconscionable system as long as possible so they can. It's sort of like the oil lobby and climate change. They got to keep, it doesn't matter who's going to die. It doesn't matter that they're killing the planet. They need more. Them, them, these handful of people. So, all right, I'm going to take a break. We're going to play, you know, you know, the drill. We're going to play the Green News Report and a Labor History in Two with Rick Smith. So Green News Report with Brad and Desi. And then I'll be back in about... Well, what time is it? Yeah, we started at 8.30, so I'm a little off because we started on the half hour. So the show will go till 10.30, okay? That sounds good. And then I can get some sleep. And we'll have a show in the can. This is fun. I'm enjoying it, see? I knew I was going to enjoy it when I started doing it. That's why you do it anyway. You know what I mean? 
I always, I never regret it. It's sort of like going to the gym. Sometimes it's hard to go. You got, it's hard to get your ass there. But then when you do it, you're like, I'm so glad I did that. So, all right, guys. So let me see. I'm going to play this. I will see you in eight minutes. My name is Tara Devlin. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. We're much farther down this road than we ever should have allowed ourselves to get. Green News Report special coverage. Major U.S. climate report warns global warming is already devastating America's environment and economy. And unless we act aggressively to reduce its impacts, it's going to get much worse. All of that fantastic news and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. This is a report generated by people who, have, who are in the bureaucracy. This is, these are not Trump appointees. I mean, this, this report's been generated for... Meaning they're non-political. Well, no. That, that I... Well, yes. Rick Santorum, boy, is Pennsylvania lucky they voted you out of the U.S. Senate. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, let's start with at least some good news. The historic campfire up in Northern California that obliterated the town of Paradise is now 100% contained. As of airtime, the fire has killed at least 85 people and destroyed 14 thousand residences the list of missing and i suppose this is good news has now dropped below 300 all of that happened after this remarkable national climate assessment was being put together by yes the trump administration yes and according to the disturbing comprehensive new federal national climate assessment the breathtaking scale of the campfire is yet another sign that man-made climate change is already wreaking havoc on the u.s and the record extreme weather disasters we've seen in recent years are a harbinger of worse to come the trump administration did try to bury the release of that report on the friday after thanksgiving the assessment is a joint report on climate change by 13 U.S. federal agencies, required by law every four years. Now, this newest assessment is dire and blunt and finds the devastating effects of climate change are, quote, intensifying across the country with adverse effects on the economy, public health, and the environmental systems we rely on to survive. The report states that the evidence behind man-made climate change is, quote, overwhelming. It precisely details how these physical climate changes will translate into specific economic damages for each region and each economic sector in the U.S. Good. They may not care about the climate, but... Maybe these Republicans give a damn about the economy? Mm, we'll see. It finds that climate change will be expensive, far more expensive than reducing emissions by transitioning away from fossil fuels. The costs are staggering by 2100. Bigger, more destructive wildfires in California, bigger, more destructive storms and floods in Texas and the Northeast, more coastal flooding at high tide in Florida, water shortages in the Southwest. Midwest corn yields, for example, will plunge 75% by 2100 because of intensifying heat waves, droughts, and floods. Rising seas will force mass migration away from the coasts. And they note our aging infrastructure in the U.S. was not built for these extremes 
Mountains. Damages to the nation's roads, bridges, and water systems will cost more than $30 billion a year. And $30 billion a year is actually a small number compared to some of these others in this remarkable report. It concludes that by the end of the century, climate change will cost a full 10% of the national GDP. That is more than twice the amount of money that was lost during the Great Recession 10 years ago. Not only will climate change be expensive, but it will also harm Americans' health. Now remember, 2016 was the hottest year on record so far, but by 2050, it will be an average year. By 2100, average temperatures in the U.S. will rise nearly 10 degrees Fahrenheit, bringing more frequent deadly heat waves and also increasing the spread of insect-borne diseases. 10 degrees Fahrenheit, that's the average increase across the country. Exactly. But the report also finds that reducing these risks through mitigation and adaptation can greatly reduce these losses by half in most sectors, with the side benefit of also cutting the cost of health care impacts from pollution. Obviously, the Trump administration and Republicans in Congress are against taking any action and are actually actively making carbon emissions worse. On Monday, President Trump rejected both the science and the economic impacts of climate change in the report. Yeah, I don't believe it. No, no, I don't believe it. The report from his own administration. Climate scientist Dr. Michael Mann of Penn State University on a recent broadcast compared the road to severe climate change to a highway, one that we can choose to exit at any time. Yeah, well, every bit of progress makes a difference. There is still time to take the actions necessary to avert that sort of future, and how bad we're willing to let it get you know, the only decision we, we have to make at this point is uh, how quickly do we get off that highway? Someone, please pull this car over. For much more on this startling national climate assessment and much more we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planetwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1930. That was the day the world lost the miner's angel, Mother Jones. She had crossed the country many times over, been involved in practically every strike that built the labor movement, stood with miners and steelworkers, and milled children everywhere. Mother Jones had asked to be buried with the Verdin miners killed in the massacre of 1898 at Union Miners Cemetery in Mount Olive, Illinois. Dozens of labor leaders, including AFL President William Green, attended her funeral in Maryland, where she had been living. Then, AFL representatives, several Illinois miners, and others boarded the Baltimore and Ohio train to accompany her body to Mount Olive. Historian David Featherling describes the scene as her body arrived. A band played Nearer My God to Thee as onlookers bowed their heads and wept. Survivors of the Verdin riot bore the casket to the Odd Fellows Hall, where it lay in state. The town of 3500, with its strong and violent heritage, was thronged by thousands of coal diggers. At least 15,000 turned out for the funeral. Broadcast on WCFL, the Chicago Federation of Labor's radio station, the labor priest, Reverend John McGuire, gave the memorial address and officiated at the funeral in Mount Olive's Roman Catholic Church of the Ascension. He asked, what weapons 
weapons she had to fight the fight against oppression of working men. Only the great and burning conviction that oppression must end. Only an eloquent and flaming tongue that won men to her cause. Only a mother's heart torn by the suffering of the poor. Only a towering courage that made her carry on in the face of insuperable odds. Only a consuming love for the poor. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on the Twitters at Labor History in Two. Yay. Hello, everyone. It's Tara. Welcome back. My name is Tara Devlin. We, this is Tara Buster. We meet usually on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are replayed starting Sunday at 6, and, uh, 6 to 8 on Progressive Voices and at GDPR Revolution 99, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that stuff. So do me a favor. Give me a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Become a patron if you're, if you're able and our community will grow. We will be able to eventually do the show uh, every single day. That's the goal. It may not be this month, next month. It might be a year, two years from now, whoever. But one day, I vow, when we get enough patrons, we will be doing a daily show. So, um, what else? Okay. Uh, donate. I will give you a keep calm and join the resistance. Window cling for anybody who donates over $20. We'll also there's other giveaways on as, as you become a patron, and there'll be more patron only events down the down the line. What else? Um, we also uh, we have a merchandising store. If you want to buy some cool merch that are uh, that are you know have uh, for the resistance to wear to your next action uh, at the barricades or whatever, I will uh, you know they're all available at the RDT Daily store at rdtdaily.com. It's also on Facebook. Okay, check it out. There's some cool stuff. And if you have any ideas of stuff that you would like to have, um, let me know. I will see what I could do. I will, well, I'm always into uh, audience participation. I love when people from who are from the page and from who know me from the show and, uh, and whatnot reach out. Do not hesitate. This is, we're in this together. So this is a community effort. Uh, All right. So we were talking about healthcare. I was talking about the lady who, um, who had to, who was told she, she's not going to be able to live basically because she doesn't have enough money. So she's got to beg, have a GoFundMe page in the richest country on earth. Meanwhile, the sales and Adelson is rolling around and Republicans are kissing his ass. So, for for what for whatever reason, and Republicans are also working as hard as they can to make health care less accessible. That's what they want. You see, don't be confused. You're not confused. I'm talking to the Republicans who happened upon the show. Who the hell knows? Republicans want to bring us back to the very system that made Obamacare necessary in the first place. That's their idea. They have no ideas. That's why when they were like, let's repeal and replace Obamacare, when they had the opportunity, they were like, what? Because they didn't have an idea because Obamacare is their idea. Obamacare is the Republican health care plan. 
that's that was the health care plan that was proposed by Nixon. That is that's Romney care in Massachusetts. That is keeping the for profit health insurance industry ghouls in in uh, with clients. They, of course, that's the Republican plan. The Democratic plan, the normal people plan, that's single payer. Everybody in, nobody out. That's the plan for the normal people because it works. That's why every other country figured it out long ago. So when this story was going viral, which it has, uh, about the woman and the heart transplant, I, I, I came across this interview with... Tom Shalou, um, who I actually know. Let's, I don't know him well. I did a couple of shows with him. He's a very nice person. I didn't know. I don't know if he's a right winger. He's on Fox. He does like a sh- he does a show on Fox now, which I'm shocked. But I don't know if he what his political leanings are. Whenever I met him or talked to him, he was always very nice, and he's a funny comedian. He is. He's got a very good set. It's key, it's very good. If you but he's on Fox. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Whatever. And he's interviewing this uh, Fox News medical contributor um, about the the situation with the woman and the heart transplant. And let me just play this. Uh, so in this case, the is it uh, is it completely outrageous for this company? They they want to make sure that she keeps up. The regiment. It is a, and it's an expensive one. And essentially, she has a health insurance that is a forty-five hundred dollar deductible. So, this company, Spectrum, we assume they're going to be picking up the payments after forty-five hundred dollars. But they want to make sure that she is able to do the follow-ups because otherwise, essentially, it's like a wasted uh, transplant, right? So let's go over this. Tom, you're absolutely right. You don't want a heart to be rejected because someone can't afford the, the, the drugs. The son now has a GoFundMe Go page. He's already raised $15,000. Maybe this will get off of Twitter now and she'll get her heart. But, but um, they're, they're legitimate if they don't think somebody's going to go for follow-up. That's part of the questions you ask, you know, like why you wouldn't let a an alcoholic have a liver, let's say, if you felt they were still drinking. I mean, compliance is, you don't want to waste a heart. You don't want to waste a body organ. But the financial part of this troubles me because we all think that the purpose of health insurance is for a rainy day. You know, we're busy using it up for every preventive visit we can think of. We go in to say hello to our doctor. We like to schmooze with them. Well, this is where, where health insurance is really intended. So these high deductibles are troubling. Yeah, but they are essentially... These these lists, I'm actually, I was surprised by this. I guess there was a letter. I didn't see the letter, but they said uh, someone posted the letter on uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah, I did see the letter, but I didn't read it because it was, <laughs> it's, it was hard to read. I have the letter here. Yeah. So the thing that surprised me about it was that these guys went and put it down in writing because this is the kind of thing that gets shared on social media. I would think that these big insurance companies, they don't want to have anything in black and white to come back to haunt them later on, you know? Well, it's not an insurance company. This is the, the this is the care provider Spectrum Health, and and yeah, they put it in writing, and it makes them look particularly ha- uh, heartless to say to somebody, "We got a heart for you, but you better go to GoFundMe and and fundraise." I mean, that, it just it just doesn't have a very warm and fuzzy feel to it. I wish. I wish we were in the time, and this is the way it was when I trained at Bellevue Hospital, where you just took care of all comers. 
and you you gave them what they needed, and you worried about the price tag later. Of course, you know, plenty of people wake up, feel better, and then get hit with a huge bill they weren't expecting and could go bankrupt. So I understand where Spectrum is coming from here, but it's not how I view things as a doctor, I have to tell you. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, obviously everything she does kind of gets in the uh, in the news these days. She tweeted out this letter, and she said, insurance groups are recommending GoFundMe as an official policy. Uh, and then she ends her tweet, single-payer health care is unreasonable, you know, question mark. So her answer to this is single-payer. If not well, single-payer, yeah, yeah, what's your I, answer to her? My answer for her is that, you know, under single-payer, things like this are going to get rationed out. So nobody will get a heart because 5% of Americans use 50% of the health care. And Medicare is going to have to cover things. Medicare for all is going to have to cover things like wheelchairs, not heart transplants. And you're going to end up with problems. And in Great Britain, of course, you know the stories of waiting forever and then being told you can't have dialysis, you're too old. So I think you see rationing, and she's completely wrong thinking that single payer is going to take care of this problem. It's actually going to worsen this problem. The I asked anytime I talk to doctors, I, I ask them these kind of questions. Doctors and or hospital administrators, anyone who's in this thing, nurses as well. There's not a doctor consensus on this, is there? Because I have doctors who they say, oh, it's it's much too restrictive. We need we need free, uh, you know, more. Uh, more free market in the healthcare system. We need to buy insurance across state lines. You know, they talk like Republicans. Then a different doctor will tell me, no, the only answer is single payer. Otherwise, we get the worst of both worlds now. It's not free and it's not, uh, it doesn't cover everything. So, you know, there's, there isn't any doctor's line on this, is there? It's, it, there? Doctors are just as divided as the American public. Yes, but most doctors that have been seasoned and have been around for a while are dubious about single-payer, and so are most hospitals because they know that their bottom line is going to go down. Single-payer doesn't do as good a job paying the bills. Right now we have a situation where Medicare and Medicaid loses hospitals' money, and then private insurance makes that up, although under Obamacare less so and hospitals are not doing well. Um, we like to say that younger doctors that are still wet behind the ears may favor a single pair, but when you've been around for a while, you're you're less likely. But here's to the point on the. Okay, I had to stop. Can you? I I'm. It's okay. Relax. When you're, you, you just don't know. You're just wet behind the ears. So the whole effing world. Besides the United States of serfs and lords is just wet behind the ears. We're too naive to have sing single payer to know that single payer doesn't work. The entire world still hasn't figured it out. And if you try, if you dare try to change any of the other systems that cost less and have better outcomes and everyone's covered and nobody has to have a GoFundMe page or worry about a bill or a copay or coinsurance or deductibles they or whatever's in their plan or in network. The, those people w would never trade their system for whatever flaws it has, because everything has flaws. That doesn't mean you don't do it. You don't try because there's some flaws. I mean, they have every excuse under the book. So they, uh, but all these other, all these other countries, they would never trade what we have or what they have ever, 
ever. How come none of them? That's what I wonder. I wonder all the time why not one single other country is pandering and pining for the kind of health care that we have here in the United States of serfs and lords. Why? Because we pay twice as much as the next most expensive country, and we have uh, millions left out, and we have worse outcomes. I mean, we pay more, and we get less, and it sucks. So, um, and it certainly does suck when you are when you need it, and they tell you you can't get it because you're poor. So, um, wa watching that segment was infuriating to me. That. They don't the, the way they're rationalizing it. Think about it. Don't these guys? How do they look look at themselves in the mirror when they say this? And, and with a straight face, they're literally telling each other they're they're excusing each other's bad behavior, basically bad opinions by um, saying, "Yeah, of course, the insurance company wants to." The worry that whether it's a wasted heart because she's poor. You know, like just the way you wouldn't give a liver to an alcoholic. Well, you wouldn't give a heart to a poor person, right? Because they should die. They should. That's what they're saying. They don't have enough money to live. They need to die. This, she's not going to be able to take care of it. She's too poor. Yeah, well, who's poor in this situation? Honestly, it's not that woman. It's it's them. It's those guys who are having that conversation. And there, and then what's so irritating uh, is what the hell is he talking about? First of all, that in England they they tell old people they can't have dialysis. That's bullshit. Right up there with Sarah Palin's death panels. They so they argue. This is that. This is because Republicans have nothing. They 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 know that they're full of shit, but they uh, they. They have nothing to to, to to fall back on, but these anecdotes, which is the weakest form of argument, arguing by anecdote. Oh, well, I know that they get rationed. Bullshit. We get rationed here. Who the hell doesn't get rationed? Is it, oh, you have long waiting lines. So we have long lines here. You can't just, like, walk in. So um, what the hell are they talking about? Anyway, and first of all, it's like as if to say that if you you would let everybody die those um people who don't have access to health care oh well well f them i don't want to wait i i got mine oh well sucks to be you and that's really what they're saying they so how do they call themselves patriots this is what uh, always baffles me when they literally are leaving people behind to die because they don't have the money. So when the terrorists came and they crashed their plane into that tower across the river from where I'm sitting, and the, and, and those 3,000 people died, I wonder, well, you know, how much money do they have in the bank? Was it worth it? Um, were they poor? Because I, I heard that we were going to move heaven and earth to save one American life. This is what, that was what they were telling us when they were beating the war drums, right? We would move heaven and earth, but maybe, um, maybe they didn't have a lot of money. Well, maybe we worked at the World Trade Center, so I guess, uh, I, I guess it only matters you, if you're, if you're wealthy. I don't understand the way these Republicans think. It's baffling to me. 
this is it's beyond it's like the same way that I look at that Donald Trump Jr. and I'm like that useless bastard killing an animal you know when he's when he's uh, posing with a corpse of an animal that he murdered for no good reason um, why that's considered something to be proud of right I mean it's like taking a trophy like a serial killer that's that's what it looks like to me it looks like somebody who's in need of uh, of a prison cell not um, uh, an, an apartment on Trump in Trump Tower but so um, when the this doctor says to Tom Shalou, oh, well, uh, a lot of the doctors who are wet behind the ears want single payer because he's he's seasoned. He's more seasoned when uh, the, the more seasoned doctors understand that some people are just born to be slaves. Some people are just going to die. Oh, well, you got yours, right? They got theirs, you know, just like, uh, what's his name, Steve Scalise had his, right? He had uh, government health care that saved his life. And also uh, when he was shot, thanks to his own policies, the allowing people who are mentally ill to get guns, but whatever, that's a different story. Uh, he was taken care of thanks to we the people. He had nothing to worry about and came right back to assure, ensure or assure his colleagues, don't worry, everybody, I haven't changed. I will uh, vote to kick everybody else off health care uh, as quick as pan, right? <sighs> anyway, so it's, um, yeah, waiting forever. You're too old. This is, it's such bullshit. Uh, that it's it's um, beyond laughable anymore. So the the fact is, let's see, this is from 2009 in the Guardian. Because back then, remember, this is when we were we were arguing for Obamacare. So and they kept the Republicans. They're always oh you're so, they're so fearful. You see that back then they were like, well, um, remember when Ted Kennedy had a brain tumor? They were like Ted Kennedy wouldn't be able to be treated for his brain tumor if he was in Britain because he's too old. You see that, that, and they know, cause they understand that Americans, because we're busy, I guess, working three uniquely American low paying jobs to travel. We don't get out much. So we, they, they have to take the Republican word for it. So, um, the, in fact, the, uh, the UHS, had uh, they responded to Chuck Grassley at the time, and they said that it was untrue that the de that the Department of Health there is no ban on any one of any age receiving any treatment, uh, whether to prescribe drugs or recommend surgery is right is rightly a clinical decision taken on by a case to case basis. That's so they're not making there's no death panels. So the, all of the same arguments they continuously fall back on because they, they know that Republicans will fall for it. How do you – well, they, they – what do mean? I was going to say, how do you keep falling for the same shit? But the fact is they keep falling for it. What am I talking about? Of course they fall for it. They continuously fall for the oldest tricks in the book as it is, divide and conquer. And uh, so anyway, I'm uh, – when I saw that story, 
of this woman. Um, she's just one of many. If you go on to GoFundMe, there the entire site. The I think it's I don't know what the average is, but it's more than half of the of the GoFundMe campaigns are for medical bills. Only in America, the uniquely American medical bankruptcy. No one in any other country has to worry about that. A medical bankruptcy? It's disgusting. And the uh, Republicans know it, but they don't give a shit because that's that's their business model. That's what they – disgusting is a feature, not a bug in the Republican Party. Disgusting? They're, they're gassing – they're throwing tear gas at uh, barefoot children. What am I talking about? Of course they're disgusting. And look at their standard bearer. He's, a, he's, he's busy saying, oh, I'm too busy to visit the troops because I'm on Twitter calling somebody a horse face. That's their standard bearer, a, a moron, a liar, who, and now speaking of lies, uh, I wanted to talk about the, uh, the closure of the GM. How many people are getting laid off now in GM? Now, what do you think? Remember when, we, when they funneled more money to the top? So they, they, the Republicans added how much to the deficit? They, they gave us another gift. Everything that they, that they do for these Republicans. I don't know. They, I guess we should really hope that Jesus returns quickly uh, because we, we need it. We need the help. We, there's gonna, we have a lot of cleaning up to do. They... Uh, in regard to the climate, in regard not even cleaning up, we have to rescue ourselves. In regard to the uh, the deficit that they left us, this bomb, this ticking time bomb that they that they put in there, a poison pill into our budget, basically as an excuse to come for whatever small slice of human dignity we have left. They don't want they they don't want to have they don't like America, okay? The, I mean, here's the bottom line: they don't like it. They don't like democracy. They don't like the grand experiment in in, in liberal democracy. They don't like the Enlightenment. They don't like self governance. They don't like an uppity working class. They don't like freedom. Are you kidding me? They want you to be. They want you to genuflect to your sovereign lords. You see, we don't have to imagine the world that Republicans want to bring us. We have been there before. We've lived through it. It's the exact system the founders fought a revolution against. They want, you know, we've seen it before. It was called the Dark Ages, and there's that's it. That's the Republican plan. They they want if you need health care, go to the church, go to get charity, go go on GoFundMe. That's the that's the the modern day update of the sign on the side of the road, holding up your sign, and uh, if you you don't uh, you know what you have to do is you have to go and you have to find a lord to serve. That's it. That's it. And at the top you'll have your your uh, intergenerational aristocracy again. That's what they're building. When they undid the estate tax, that that's exactly what they're doing. They're reestablishing an aristocracy that uh, we at one time, and I and I expect um, liberals to understand this. We know this. This is why at one time the even Republicans understood 
that an estate tax was to stop an, an intergenerational aristocracy from developing in this country because that is the death of democracy right there. You don't have an intergenerational aristocracy. It's not, you know, that's, that's not supposed to be an American notion, but the, 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 it's the very opposite of an American notion, right? It was, in fact, the, uh, the very class-based system of, of Europe now, ironically, the, uh, Britain and uh, the European countries are more upwardly mobile and uh, they're supposed to be more rigidly classist than, than the United States. The, the United States is now the least upwardly mobile country, a Western democracy, in the um, modern world. That's sick. From and it went from the exact opposite. So thirty years ago, we were the most upwardly mobile, and now we're the least, with the widest income gap between rich and poor. So and that's by design. They and now they made it worse, and they added. I don't know what the exact number is. It's like one point something trillion to the deficit. It's like what's you know? Oh, it's seventy six point nine billion. I keep reading all these different numbers. So, they added seventy six point nine billion to the deficit. What? I thought it was like a trillion, but it's like you know a billion here, a billion there. Then you're talking about real money, right? But so um, they did that on purpose to because they, they don't want you getting too uppity. That's the whole purpose of them destroying unions. They don't want they don't like unions, just like they don't like democracy. Period. They don't want you to vote. They don't want you to have a representative democracy. They don't want you to say to your representative, like, hey, we want universal health care. Let's put our our money, all that all that $79.6 billion you funneled into the hands of the fortunate uh, of those who will never spend it, who will sit in their Swiss bank accounts, or maybe they'll open up a super PAC and buy politicians like George, not George, I was going to say George Bush. I wish George, but like, like Trump. So they will do nothing uh, ultimately to benefit the United States. In fact, quite the opposite. They, uh, you know, take that, take that money. And, and instead of giving another tax break to people who don't need it or want it and in, in many cases, um, let's, uh, let's have a civilization that we can all benefit from. Because who the hell wants to live in a shithole? Uh, I mean, ultimately, that's the bottom line. But Republicans don't care because they think that they'll, they'll just disappear into their gated communities. Oh, they don't give a shit. So, and that'll be that. We'll be out here fighting amongst the scraps, you know, begging our Lord, begging our sovereign Lord, please trickle down some some of the benefits upon us we still we have that now so when you go to work for a corporation you get some benefits right that's how they have benefits uh you get health care you get uh some most don't have pensions anymore that was that you could thank reagan but the you get a you you serve your lord and you, maybe you'll get some benefits but if you lose that lord you have to go find another lord otherwise you're on your own republicans don't want you out here having universal health care because they want you tied to your lord you see 
They want you to be indebted to your Lord. So you don't have the freedom to be an innovator or go and uh, and do do you know, follow your dreams, right? Your puny dreams. All right, so I got a phone call. Hold on, Poppy's on the phone. You know Poppy Champlin, guys. Does everybody know Poppy Champlin? Poppy. Pop. Hey. Are you here, Poppy? How are you? I'm all right. How's my board? What? I can't hear you. Now you're breaking up. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to put in my headphones and see if that's better. Yes, please. Okay. Poppy Champlin is an amazing comedian, and she is a regular contributor to Tara Buster. She's been on Oprah. Yay. She's on Logo. She's on... She's like a real comedian, all right? Like real. She's on fire. She's on, She's fire. on fire. She's like burning up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Who's your lord? Who's your lord? Well, that's what I was saying. In, in this this country, uh, you have to, it's the United States of serfs and lords. You got to find a lord. You want If you want health care, if you want benefits, if you want a retirement security, you got to go find this, a lord to serve. And you that, gotta serve yeah. somebody. <laughs> That's it. And you gotta you're, serve there's, somebody. there's no freedom in that. This that's like you know that's exactly not. Uh, it's sort of it's a neo feudal kind of serfdom, but it's it's a neo corporate kind of uh, feudalism. I don't know. I'm still working on the name. I have I have I ha- I have a, a a health thing coming up. What's the matter? I have to get a biopsy. What's the matter? I don't know. I got to get a biopsy. What? Where? The fucking biopsy in my fucking boob. Oh. I got to get a boob biopsy. You know what that means? That means I said, I said, I don't want to get a biopsy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even want to get the damn mammogram. You know, I thought oh. if I get a mammogram, that's only going to be bad news. Right. You know? But you got to know the sooner I- you know, you know. I know. So I said, well, I want a second opinion. So I took the pictures and I looked at them myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And what do you think? (laughs) Well, I don't think those look like calcified cells. I think that looks like the Aurora Borealis or something. I have a star cluster in my boob. That's what I have. (laughs) Is that good? That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, star cluster is fine. Really? Star cluster well, is better. Like, cluster is better than what the what at the hell else it could be. That's hilarious, though. It's like I needed a second opinion. That's why I looked at it myself. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the second opinion costs money. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's like when I went to the when I went to the uh, emergency room for my leg when I was in a bicycle accident. Oh for yeah. People that don't know, and then yeah. I my leg got infected. The, I had a big welt on it, and. They had to cut it open, yeah. and they put stitches, and, uh, and then a lady was like, well, the doctor, not just the lady, but she she was like, how much yeah. was your copay? And I was like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. And, and then she was like, um, here. she." And then she gave me a crash course in removing sutures, and she gave me a little sutures kit. And, oh. and I'm like, this is America. I was like, welcome to America. This place sucks. <laughs> And yeah. like, you know, yeah. next, I should have just taken them out with my teeth. That's, that's how it, what it means to be an American. <laughs> it's like, you just like, you that's know, why right. didn't I that's just right. gnaw my own leg off like a wolf and carry it around? Yeah. Right. That's what a wolf oh, would do. This that is would what, 
You never know. You could write a book if you did that. <laughs> you could write a book and get rich by how I thought off my yeah, own life. Right. I'll just, you know how wolves do that but, when they get caught in traps. They would, like, no, I mean, I don't want to talk about oh, it. Poor wolves. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, whatever. That was yeah. a, I was, I'm working on that one, so. <laughs> that's a good one. I like it. That's Are all right. Are you going to bring that one down December 9th to no, the Funny Bone in Hartford, Connecticut? Yes, we're we're doing a show in Hartford, Connecticut on Sunday, December right. 9th. And uh that's, that's right. Two weeks, not this weekend and the Tara following. Devlin, Tara Devlin is going to be on stage doing her stand-up comedy. That's right. I love it. It is. I and love it. you know, I mean, if you're in Connecticut, come down and say hello. It's my comedy. See, my yep. poppy is helping me. She's Helping me work on some different... I mean, I do... My comedy is not really political. This is... I just do my ranting No, did you you read the bio I read? The bio I wrote about you? I didn't. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, you didn't read it? I was like, oh, yeah, and Tara Devlin, she has a... uh, What did I say? A morbid sense of humor. Yeah, oh, morbid? As long as you didn't say morbidly (laughs) obese. (laughs) No, no. I was like, I was like... Self-deprecating, depressing, morbid sense of Depressing? It was horrible. And then I was Why like, did you I say that? that? It's depressing and horrible? Something. Nobody wants to go see that shit. Tara Devlin's comedy know, no, is I, depressing I, and horrible? No, it's not. People like my comedy. Hold. That's not funny. Hold on. Let me see what I wrote. No, because um, it's, it's funny, but I make fun of myself. I mean, it is... But people laugh. That's why people Tara's laugh. Carving, Tara is carving out her place in the world of podcasts right now and is in the and is the creator of the hit online podcast, rtvdaily.com or Republican Dirty Tricks. And boy, is she riding the tip of the blue wave right now. Mm. Tara is from Queens, New York, and her comedy style is melancholy mixed with morbid depression, which is very funny and absolutely relatable <laughs> in our current political time. She's been working at the Gotham Comedy Club in Carolines in New York City. Yes. Um, yeah, I almost sound like a successful know, comedian there. No, that's funny. I um, think I changed, I changed it. I, I changed, no, here it goes. It, and then I changed it to uh, New York comedy. Her comedy style is melancholy mixed with political angst and depression, which is very funny and absolutely relatable in our current political depression. Time. It's not really depression. Yeah. And come on. Don't you say you're ready to jump off the bridge? And I don't like say that? that. Maybe that's how you feel when you watch it or listen to it. No, no didn't you have, don't you have, don't you have like, like I'm depressed kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but I t- I talk about being depressed, and then I talk about you know it's not I I'm not I'm not just like I'm depressed. It's not like that at no, all. People should come no, watch no, it. No, I know. It's, it's not. It makes it's make me sound like depression. We're all depressed. We all have angst and depression about what the fuck is going on right now. Right, but it's not like yeah. you're making it sound like I'm. Uh, some kind of what's the who's that one who's really depressed who the comedian there's a i mean who makes a shtick out of it i'm not like that i can't remember who um, it is whatever it doesn't matter i don't know i don't know yeah. either anyway i think it's funny right right and we're all i mean you know, people and, and, seem to like it i have 
So what are you going to We're say? all that way, though. That's the thing. And you are just bringing it to the forefront. Yes. I mean, I say that I'm like, I'm an emotional eater. And all I do is just keep shoving shit in my face going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't Stephen watch MSNBC. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Horrible. Yeah, my, my, I mean, all of, and I, I've written some political stuff, but it's not really, it's, uh, you'll see, whatever, it's fine. It, it's going to be good. Yeah. It'll be a good show. So if you guys are in <laughs> Connecticut on December 9th, Sunday, 7 p.m., right? Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. No, uh, what 4 time? p.m. Oh, 4. Okay, that makes it better, because... It's earlier because oh, <laughs> I have to drive there. And, uh, and then you can make it back home on, exactly. bed on, in a decent, at a decent hour. And it's uh, at the Hartford Funny Bone. Please come and say hello. And uh, we can all hang. Are you having a VIP in the back again or whatever? VIP. What? Oh, are, you selling VIP? What? are you selling VIP tickets for the yeah, back? Yeah, VIPs okay. are 40 bucks, and general mission is 25 so if you want to come to, if you're in Connecticut next week, next, well, December 9th, you can come and in the VIP, we have like a little gathering in the back where you can all hang out with the comedians yeah. and so that's right. fun. We have a, a last, yeah, I don't drink, but you know, cause I'm a Neither drunk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't say. Cause it. you're a what? Because I'm a drunk. That's why everybody oh. knows. <laughs> I had enough drinks to last me a lifetime and a half, so I don't drink anymore because I'm a drunk. You know, I was the kind of drunk that had to get yeah, drunk I, to get out, like go that. out and get drunk. So I, I, I hate that when people say I was a drunk. It just sounds so dirty. I was a drunk. like when you say I was a drunk. Doesn't it sound dirty? Like you piss your pants and you're walking <laughs> around in dirty clothes. I don't know. No, I mean that's what, that's what I can't. That's what I was I a drunk. It just sounds like I was a lovable scamp. <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't lovable. I was an angry drunk. Like a lovable scamp. I was a lovable drunk. Well, my well, when I was in <laughs> rehab, let me tell you a funny story. My mother came up for family day. And the and yeah. the 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 shrink was trying to talk to her, and say and she said because my mother was pissed off, she was mad that I was there, and she was like Ugh, like these yeah. people, Ugh. and um yeah. so my, my the the counselor was like well um uh, addiction is a disease and I understand uh, your father was an alcoholic, and my mother's like well he was a happy drunk. So, so, and I was like, yes, and I'm just a miserable bitch. <laughs> so that's the denial. I didn't inherit the, right. The so I wasn't part. like, I was worse because my, you know, my grandfather who basically died of alcoholism was, you know, he would oh, play yeah, the yeah, piano yeah. and shit. You know, you get drunk and be like, roll out the barrel. And roll out then... the barrel. <laughs> Let's have a barrel right, Exactly. Oh, I miss those days. <laughs> well, that was back in the day. My my grandfather was, he was a lot older than my grandmother. And so I never met yeah. him because he died. Uh, he he actually did die of alcoholism. He fell, well, um, oh. not of alcoholism per se. He fell down a flight of steps drunk. So, and then he died of his injuries and they, he was in it. He actually left my, my mother's, my mother had a very sad childhood. He left there. Mm. He, 
he left them. Now you're talking about like in the forties or whenever it was. So you're yeah, talking, my yeah. mother, uh, grew up really poor and, um, she anyway, one day got a call from this nun and it was my grandfather had, w- the nun was calling saying your father is, uh, with us and he's gonna, you know, he's, he's not doing well. And so he wants to see you. And that was the last time, but the, but he had oh. just abandoned them, and uh, so anyway, my mother said that oh. it was very sad. When because one day my mother said that because my mother was a twin, and her her sister and my grandmother were like very close, and my mother was kind of like on the outside yeah. of that, yeah, even though she was oh. the twin. Oh. And my mother said, oh. one, "Yeah, I know it was very weird." And my mother said one day. Um, Eleanor was my mother's daughter, but I was always my father's child, which made me very uh, sad because my father, my grandfather had abandoned them and, you know, made me think about right. my mother, uh, you know, had a hard life. Anyway, whatever. We all have shit. And, yeah, and uh, your comedy's not depressing. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you make me sound like a fucking sad sack. Oh, my God. You're like, like oh, a she's a, she's uh you know, the Robin, what's it, <laughs> the Robin, Stephen Wright of lesbians. Oh, Stephen Wright. That's okay. right. Robin M on the, on the, on the YouTube channel. Thank you. She, she oh, oh, oh. let me know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, that's, yeah, we have people on the chat. They're chatting with us. You don't see. Oh, that's nice. Of course. No, I don't see. Because you're not there. How come I don't see? Because you're I not on the, the thing. I sent something, but are I you don't on the chat? That. No, yeah, you're on the Facebook right now. On the Facebook, yeah, I'm on I the sound Facebook. like a. <laughs> I'm on the Facebook. <laughs> I sound like a. I'm, I'm an Facebook. old lady. On the Facebooks yeah. or the Twitters. I'm on the World Wide Web. <laughs> w W W. W. <laughs> when you get a, you know, when your mother gives you a web address. W W W dot slash slash on the Facebook. (laughs) Why? What was the word somebody sent in? What did somebody just help you with? They said they said it was Stephen Wright. Yes. Thank you, Robin. Oh, yeah. Stephen Wright. Very. um, What is he? Just deadpan. Yeah. Deadpan. That's what it is. That's not me. I just tell it like it is. Deadpan like that. Yeah, I never. T- I just say what it is. I tell. I yeah, being a comedian is, I always say, the hardest of all. Uh, not all art forms, but a lot, I w- on some level, it's easier to be an actor, right? Because then somebody just writes you words yeah. and puts it in your mouth, and that's it. But being a comedian, yeah. you have to. You really are opening yourself up, and you're really in the arena in a sense where. Your, well, you have to open up your all your vulnerabilities, and but that's what is also reminds me all the time that we are the same. Human beings are the same. That's why we laugh. We all, no matter what we act like, if we're you know, acting on uh, on top of the world or whatever, we all have our. Uh, we never know what's going on. What's really going on in somebody's life. But that's yeah. why that's why we laugh. And but so we're all really the same and ultimately We all put our pants on one leg at a yeah. time. And we're all just trying to do this life and share this small uh, piece of time together. Planet. Right. And 
So that's why I I do have hope for people, and I and I think that we should. The one one thing that I hope is that we remember that, and yeah. that's what art does. That's why being a comedian and or sharing even the show, it's about opening up. Like I don't care. Like people say, well, do, are you? Do you talk about being an alcoholic? Do you talk about? I don't. I, yeah, because. That's me. You know what I mean. So I uh-huh. talk about it, uh, and wh- like, why would I hide it? And uh, right. Well, that's the thing. You got to tell the truth. Right. And other people, people, everybody has something that we we're all struggling with one thing or another. I think that we're we need to muster that compassion for each other. So. <laughs> Oh, thank yeah. you. It's yeah. it's true. And ultimately, <laughs> when we when we see that in each other, I think that will uh, the world will be better. And that's why when we, I talk about uh, healthcare, education, whatever, it's all it really is. Uh, we're in it together. We stick together. We win. That is the truth. Yeah. We are in this together. If we don't. If if somebody doesn't have access to healthcare, that's all of us don't have access. That's how I look at it, really. If we if somebody is treated with indignity, like if we're throwing tear gas at desperate migrants at the border, we are all mm-hmm. suffering from that. Who's suffering? Uh, uh, not just those who are on the receiving end of the tear gas. It's the ones throwing the tear gas that are sick, just as sick, and. Uh, mm. Think about what a different world it would be. What a different country. How much? What wouldn't we be proud if we allowed them a, a, a access? Hey, come in. You're safe. Come. You know. You're fine. You're welcome here. Here. Here's a here's a nice clean bed. Here. You're safe. Here's some shoes. God damn it. Here's my cat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. If we could take care of them while they're being processed, yes. that would be... Instead of separating them I mean, I think they should be processed the... in an orderly fashion, and, and storming the, the the walls like that just was not not right. not, not it. If, if they could have done something besides tear gas, you know, to kind of control that, but... Yeah, but I know, think that, that they... I don't... It, they, what they did, they, they completely instigated that entire event. They, the the American government instigated that they cl- were closing down avenues to, for them, for for these migrants to legally and peaceably assemble. And I don't know, I don't wasn't there, and, oh, and to present yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. So, oh, under law, under international law, we're supposed to allow the uh, migrants an opportunity to uh, to have a, their day in court. Fire. Yeah, to seek asylum. Absolutely, they're running for their lives. These fuckers. I know, but there was like too many to process at at that one time. Well, they. Why do you think that is? They. uh, The fact is, the they they don't. They're trying to dissuade them anyway. They they they. You 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 cannot tell me that the that the Trump administration and those Republicans did not instigate this whole effing thing. Everything that they're doing to treat these people with the indignity like that, and uh, they, of course, why why didn't something like this break out during any other administration? Because they are instigating it. Well, I I, I hear that there is. There's always a migration of them. Mm-hmm. It's just that this one is 
pretty, pretty, pretty massive. Whereas it seems like they come like regularly. They do, but it's but because of the seasons. It's the, it's numbers. the different. It's not no. They, it's not true. They in fact it's less the 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 amount of people seeking asylum in the United States right now is is low because of Twitler and his. Uh, and that's what the government is arguing right now in court. They're saying it's we've never seen numbers like this. The fact is that is bullshit. It's not true. The the defense, hmm. those who are arguing t- against Twitler and his government assholes, they're they that's not true. They show them the numbers. They the the numbers of people immigrating to this country right now or trying to are at record lows. They're there, it's not like it's uh, it's such like a giant wave. It's bullshit. The fact yeah, is, yeah, but, 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 but we've never had we never had ten cities at the border before, have we? Um, I'm not sure the whole situation about ten cities. I'm sure we have, and probably they're there because the Trump administration is is closing down the avenues for them the to um surrender or whatever or to present themselves. That's what they they mm-hmm. have get limited. So they would say you can only come to A, B, or C. Not even A. They would say come to a point, and that's the only yeah. place you can you can actually start this process. Then they would close the bridge per se and whatnot. So what are people supposed to do? That's why they they started uh, going around and trying to get in. These are human beings that have, uh. they don't have they don't have effing shoes. They've walked for thousands of miles. They know, are fleeing a the violence. They're not here because they want to clean Donald Trump's effing toilet. They're here because they have no choice. Do you think that they, you know, you don't see people from uh, uh, like Norway, right? Trump wants people from Norway. They're not doing it. They're not coming here for, be, because they, they, they don't have a situation that we helped create. We help create these these failed states. So Trump is always talking about, uh, you know, gangs and whatnot. We made this situation. So they, a mother is fleeing with her children because she doesn't want her son to be in a gang. So we're trying to get the hell out so they have a life, you know. Anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't really know much about it except that it's like gang wars and drug lords and all that kind yeah, of bullshit and that's why that goes fleeing. on down there. Yes, that's right. Anyway, but, it's only I only yeah. got 30 seconds left, so we'll have to revisit oh, okay. this another day. Anyway, so yeah, guys. Well, I look forward to seeing you December 9th at the Funny Bone. All right, Which is in Buckland Hills Mall. All right, mother. And everybody, mm, be kind. Like be kind to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've had... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, That's listen. Right. Pray for my aurora borealis. Yes, pray for the aurora. Uh, you, you'll be fine. That's. I just I know. know that in my bones. I, I know it, too. It'll be fine. I've had to have that, too, or whatever. Mm-hmm. One time I had a oh, mammogram. Yeah, and they had to do, like, a biopsy. You know, they have to be oh, very... It was all good. It was fine, yeah. So, I mean, it oh, is good. common. Good, good. It is nerve-wracking, though, when you, when you get the it, notice it and then you got to go, and it is it is uh, nerve-wracking. But You play the whole scenario to the bitter end in mm-hmm, your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. But it will be fine. We'll be fine. 
know. We got be fun. we got laughs to give and many many Tarabuster shows to do. So yeah, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for hanging out on this special edition of Tarabuster with Tara Devlin and Poppy Champlin. And please come back every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels and on uh, Progressive Voices and and GDPR Revolution and iTunes, SoundCloud, all those other places, wherever the hell we are. Who knows? I don't even know. I'm dizzy even talking about it. And (laughs) uh, become a patron buy some merch, donate, all that stuff. We stick together, we win. And like I say, we will win. So my name is Tara Devlin. That's Poppy Champlin on the phone. Come see us at the Funny Bone at uh, in uh, Connecticut. And uh, we will be back, not this fall, not the Saturday, but the following Saturday. So guys, I'm going to Georgia. I might pop on the YouTube and Facebook down there and say hello, but there will be no live show on Saturday, but we will, uh, we'll be back. All right, guys, we stick together. We win. And yes. And Robin M is saying, keeping my fingers crossed for you, Poppy. And thanks for being, yeah. Yeah. And she says, thanks for being you, Tara. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you for being you, Robin. And I got, listen, guys, I got to sign off. I will see you guys later. My name is Tara Devlin. That's Poppy Champlin. Georgia, baby. See you soon. All right. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs)